In this episode, I want to explore intentional communication. Communication exists so that you can convey your thoughts and feelings to another person. If you recall, in the previous episode, I talked about verification and validation and how they're important components to any kind of communication or conversation that you're going to have. The verification is to understand exactly what was said, and the validation is to understand how they feel about what they just said. So those things I really like you to keep in mind, but I'm going to sidestep those just a little bit. I'm going to talk about the method in which you communicate. In that story for verification and validation, I, I talked about how I was wearing a hoodie that sent a signal to someone that was a signal I was not trying to convey. So this time I want to talk about intentional communication. What is it that you do to intentionally get your message across? I broke it down to three different methods. There's physical communication, there's verbal communication, and then there is intuitive communication. Let's explore what they are, where they show up, and how we can use them to our benefit. Are you ready? Let's go. The whole purpose of communication is to convey a message. That means whoever you're conveying it to has to understand it. As I learned that if I'm always talking to someone who cannot understand me, who seems to not understand me, it's always a trend that people are asking, what? What What do you mean? Then it seems that I'm the one, I am the one who's failing to get my point across, who's failing to paint a picture I cannot expect them to know what I'm talking about if it's all in my head. Communicating, getting your ideas across to someone is incredibly difficult because like I said, in the verification and validation episode, you are always communicating whether you intend to or not. Everything you do and everything you are carries a meaning for another person. Someone else has had an experience with someone like you or not have an experience with someone like you and having feelings about you in general. Doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you do, they already have assigned some ideas and thoughts to anything and everything about you. So how do you break through that noise that is the narrative they already have about you? Getting through to them depends on a couple of things. It depends on how loud that narrative that they have about you is and how much do you want to get your point across. So it is worth knowing what people respond to so that you can get your message across, so that you can be understood, so that you can be more influential. You and me as humans, we experience the world through our five senses, the sight, taste, touch, hearing, smell. So in order to connect with someone, you have to stimulate at least one of those five senses. This is where the three methods come in. The physical, the verbal, and intuitive. Those are modes in which you 
have an effect on someone else's five senses, which whatever they are, whichever one you decide to target or two or three, however you target them, you are using one of these methods to do so. Let's explore the physical method first. The physical method is using anything in your space to create awareness about your message. This is nonverbal communication. Now, nonverbal doesn't mean that there's not noise. It means that you are not speaking, you are not grunting, you are not making sounds from your mouth that help to convey how you feel. Instead, you are going to move something around in their environment or in your environment to stimulate their senses. I had just bought one of those immersive blenders, you know, ones that you you have are handheld and you push down in a cup and you can chop and dice your vegetables and stuff. Well, I wanted to put that to use. So I decided I was gonna make homemade spaghetti sauce. And my partner, while I'm doing this, they come up behind me and they give me a hug. Oh, I felt love. As I continue to make the sauce, I blend in some spices and I give it a little taste with my wooden spoon. And then I gesture to my partner, who's still behind me, to taste it as well. I don't say anything. All I do is lift up my spoon, put it towards their face, and put my hand under the spoon. They knew what that meant, so they tasted it. They made a sour face though. Like, ugh, they didn't like it. They were right, I needed some more spices in it. It wasn't quite ready yet. So I knew what they meant. There's a touch which feels very warm and comforting because it's at my hips and not at my neck. And there's my gesture where I'm simply raising my spoon and moving it towards them and they know what that means. So they taste it. And of course their sour face tells me that it doesn't taste good. It needs a little more work. It's all physical communication and it's all intentional to send a message. And because my partner and I have had similar experiences or we've had a connection with each other, we understand what those symbols mean. Hey, quick question for you. Have you ever wanted to create your own podcast, but you don't know what to do to get started? You don't know how to get published? Maybe you're not sure about the equipment that you're going to buy. Let me tell you about my new podcast called Practice Podcasting. This podcast is for you because you'll have the opportunity to create your own five to 10 minute podcast episode. You'll publish it and it'll be live right here. That way you can get a taste of what it is to make a podcast with no strings attached. My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I have another podcast called The Patterns of Possibility. Since I'm familiar with the podcasting space, I've had people come ask me how to create their own podcast. I share what I know, but it can be overwhelming. So instead of explaining the process, let's just create one. This is an open invitation to anyone and everyone who wants to create a podcast. If you're a Toastmaster finishing a Pathways project, this platform is perfect for you. With creating a podcast, you might feel like you're getting in deep, and you are, but I promise you, you're not in over your head. Let's practice podcasting. You can email me at practicepodcasting at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Practice Podcasting. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts.
Physical communication is really great for these instant ideas, short thoughts, and short instructions. Your back is turned, and I want you to turn around, so I stomp my feet so you can hear me. Or maybe I'll tap you on your shoulder. It doesn't work as well for even mildly complex or complicated ideas. Physical communication is the hardest to interpret, especially when you have no context. Okay, so once upon a time, I'm in Chicago, I'm walking down a busy street, and I see somebody who's waving. They're waving really hard, and I catch their eye, they catch my eye, and I think they're waving at me. But I'm not sure, so I kind of hesitantly wave back, and they start to kind of wave a little more, and I thought, well, shoot, they must be waving at me, so I don't recognize them. I may have met this person and just forgot their face. As I get closer, they look less and less familiar, and it also looks like they're not waving at me. You know where the story is going. She was not there for me. If I had turned around, I might have noticed that there was another person that was waving back at her. Yeah. I was embarrassed, but who hasn't had an experience like that? While people can understand you when you use purely physical communication, they can't really understand you. What I mean is that they don't know what's going on inside, what your thoughts are, what your feelings are. What is the motivation to do what you're doing? What is the goal? What are you trying to accomplish? And as the person you're trying to communicate to, what role do I play in this goal of yours? What is it that you need me to do? Because when you're communicating, you want the person to think, feel, or act a certain way. When you stomp your feet, I would react to that, but I wouldn't know exactly what was the purpose of me turning around. The other forms of communication allow you to convey that so that you and the other person can reach an understanding. One exception is writing it out. I believe that's why journaling is so popular or writing is just so popular because when you're writing something out, it's a manifestation of your own feelings and your thoughts and someone can read those. In doing so, they understand you a lot more. And folks, that is the purpose of communication. Next up, verbal communication. Now, verbal communication, as you know, is more direct and more precise than just physical communication. But it only works because we have an understanding of what words mean. If you don't speak the same language, it becomes a little more difficult. So then you're using maybe a combination of physical gestures while speaking. Speaking, raising your voice, you're re relying on the pitch of your voice, you're relying on the speed of your voice, the tone of your voice. You rely on that a lot more because the words don't matter, they don't make any sense to you. So you're trying to figure everything else out with that. And so it is not as easy to get your thoughts across. It is not as easy to get someone to understand you if we didn't share the belief that the words that we speak carry the same meaning. One day I come home from work and my partner looks upset. They look like they've been crying. They look like they've been distraught, worrying about something. So of course I ask, what's wrong? And they said, I'm fine. Now, if I looked it up in a dictionary, I would see well or healthy, not sick, not injured. 
superior in kind, quality, or appearance. Something that's excellent. So I reply with what I observe. It doesn't look like you're fine. Really, what's wrong? She glares at me. You know what's wrong. And here we are, not understanding each other. To make your communications more precise and more productive, you want to use more words to express what you're feeling. Use words that maybe whoever you're talking to can understand and make sure you have an understanding of the definition, like fine in this case. When it comes to conveying how you feel about things, it's a really great practice to describe the event and then tell your feelings about the event. Also, limit the number of topics that you discuss to one. In the case of my partner and the word fine, we're in two different places in this book. We're in two different pages. The topic of my conversation is, what is making you so upset? Why are you throwing those vibes? The topic of her conversation seems to be, why don't you just admit what you did wrong? And that's a guess, because they're not really telling me. I get the feeling that she's mad at me because of something I did, but she hasn't said it. She hasn't made it really clear. What was the event? I'm not exactly sure about how I fit into their vision or their plan or what their goal is. If this sounds like a familiar situation to you, you might want to try this. Learn more words that describe the degree of emotion. There's a subtle difference between hungry and hangry. One makes you think of the Hulk. One makes you think of Betty White and Snickers bars. Hangry is you're angry because you're hungry. Angry, you're angry because what? There's a difference. Hangry gives you more information, more in tune to what the person is feeling. Similarly, would you agree that there's a difference between apprehension, fear, and being terrified? You can feel the levels of difference. If you want to increase your emotional intelligence and your emotional awareness so that you can stop messing up your relationships, here's what you can do. You can visit my website, patternsofpossibility.com. I have a list of emotions. Also, there is Plutchik's Wheel of Emotions, which basically shows there's eight different emotions and the intensity between the degrees of emotions. It's really helpful for getting in tune to your emotions when you're first starting out with this. So I highly recommend you look for that. I'll have a link actually in the description because if you're trying to talk to somebody, it's your responsibility as the person delivering the message to make it clear. It's not their fault that they don't understand you. That brings me right to the last one, the intuition, the intuitive communication. This one's definitely the most spot on also the most difficult to do, also the one that I think some people don't believe exists. This intuitive communication is sending non-verbal, non-physical signals, just a vibe. You're radiating some feeling, you're radiating an emotion, and people pick up on it. So I had this experience where I was Hanging out with some people I did not know. I went to a meetup to play board games. We're talking, we're being boisterous, we're having a bunch of fun, and then a new guy comes over, a blonde guy. Doesn't look anything special. He walks in and the conversation 
slowly dies down. And people start looking at him and starting conversation with him. We pause the game to have a conversation with this guy. And then we're like, oh, wait, wait, let's continue what we're doing, what are we doing? And we started to talk a little bit and then boom, the conversation died down. And we started to talk to this guy again. I don't know what it was, but he was certainly radiating something that grabbed our attention. That may sound pretty off and extreme, because it is. That kind of charisma, someone to radiate that, is, it's incredible. You know, musicians, um, people who perform, they often talk about the energy of the crowd. That kind of energy, whatever you're wafting, that excitement, that all that stuff can really be felt. The same way you feel joy. When people are exuding happiness and confidence, you notice those things. And you can intentionally give off that vibe. And it will be felt. I think intuitive communication is not just one step above verbal communication, but many steps above. I say that because it gets straight to the point. There are no physical boundaries. There are no verbal boundaries. You don't have to interpret. You don't have to translate. None of that transpires. None of that happens. You just feel it. You just know. I think lots of meditation and self-exploration will really help improve your intuitive communication. So I want to know what you think. I mean, is this intuitive stuff just a bunch of BS? Do you know of ways to improve it? Have you ever had anything like that happen to you? Like where you're just completely drawn into somebody or completely repelled by someone? It's so strange when it happens, but some people don't believe it. If you believe it, let me know. I'd like to know what your thoughts are, what your experiences are. So I don't feel as uh, alone as I do in that. Also, I wonder about your connections out there. Do you have a strong connection with someone that you don't have to talk? You can just look at each other and you know exactly what's up, what you're going to do, how things are going to go down. You transmit something <laughs> between you with a look. Or is there some other action that you notice that you two connect on or you and other people connect on? And if you have a subject you'd like me to talk about, feel free to write me as well. Send your questions, comments, your thoughts, your ideas to possibility at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at PatternsOfPossibility. I'm on YouTube as well. My name is Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his. And you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. I hope that you found today's episode interesting, insightful, and helpful in some way. If you did, subscribe. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. It really helps the podcast get noticed. Until next time, take care.